This is the West Virginia Soccer Association Beyond the Pitch podcast on the WVSA Digital Network. From the Sport Pens International Studios in Charleston, West Virginia, here's your host, Marcus Cole. Welcome to the podcast. We have another great show on tap. Before we welcome our guests, I want to remind you to like, subscribe, and share our program. Now, this helps us get the word out to others and let them know that we're providing valuable information designed for soccer players, coaches, referees, and parents. With us is John Townsend, author of the book, It's Just the Ball, this book right here, exploring the complexity of a simple game. John, welcome to the program. Thanks, Marcus. Thanks for having me on. Why don't we, before we jump right into uh, talking about your book, why don't you briefly tell us a little bit about yourself and let our audience know more about you? Sure. Uh, Most people know me for my written work, um, mainly on these football times. Um, I was a your typical American player, um, played pretty much every level of the youth game, played uh, collegiately, uh, played a little bit post-college, still playing competitive men's leagues now, um, still kind of kicking it, um, coached quite a bit. And, uh, you know, a lot of my work in the game is focused on player development, writing, and um, doing long-form-based features on, you know, whether it's historical events or um, issues in the game, uh, tackling some of the more nuanced elements of the game and the reason I started writing about the game is I at the time coming out of college uh, was seeing a lack of uh, unique writing Uh, everything was like match reports transfer rumors fan-centric stuff with nothing is wrong with that I just wanted to see if I could write to players that are where I just was or if I could speak to my former self what would I say Um, with the information that I'm learning um things that I'm getting with experience with coaching. And so I decided to take an approach to just write about the game from a unique perspective, from the player centric, coach centric perspective. And ultimately um, that became a bit of my identity is, you know, someone who coaches, someone who can still play a bit, but really just doing deep dives into the the nuances of our game and in trying to shed some light, answer some questions and um, introduce some uh, critical thinking and open discussions up for people who um, enjoyed that type of writing. It's it's interesting you say critical thinking, because that's exactly what I was thinking of when I read your book. It's just a ball, uh, finished it up not too, too long ago and decided to have John on the program. Why don't you go ahead and talk to us about the book and why you decided to write it? Yeah, so honestly, I, I had written an article, uh, again, from this player-centric perspective um, that was really well-received, and it, it was posted on these football times and uh, the uh, – the, the article I, I would say went viral and it got repurposed and republished on the guardian and then several different um, mainstream soccer development websites. It was being shared in, um, you know, FA courses in some uh, KNVB in the Netherlands uh, coaching courses. And it was basically, I, I had unearthed something that I think people wanted to hear more about. And so what ended up happening was um, after the article had hit so many different unique hits uh, through all different uh, platforms. A publisher in, in London had approached me and said, hey, uh, do you have more of that type of writing and would you be interested in writing a book? And to be honest, I that was my first big article and I, I had no, no desire to write a book. I didn't know what that was even... Um, a, th- a thing that I was capable of. And so I said, well, let me, let me do this. Let me uh, think about it. And he said, well, you have a month to give me a skeleton outline and we can offer you a publishing contract, which 
he had to share with me that that's pretty unique to have a publishing uh, a publisher approach uh, someone who's never written a book before. And usually people write books and they get rejection letters. And so the skeleton outline um, drafted it out and segmented it. And it's kind of funny. I have this old notebook of the original book, which is all torn up and paper is like all wet and matted. But it, it's funny because I, I kept this with me everywhere I went and I had a good idea to write it down and that'd be a chapter. Anyway, um, as I decided to launch the book um, project, I started discovering more about what I didn't know. Um, and that was a, a really unique perspective is everyone wants to write about what they know. I went on a journey as an unpublished author to write about the things that I didn't know. And this was, you know, without an advance, without, you know, access to everything. So I had to do some major research, um, draw from experience. And so the book itself became this, uh, this project which took a long time because, some ideas died right away. Some ideas had legs and they continued to flourish. And the, the format of the book was case study, interview, research material. And then I'd pair it with my own experience or my own observation in the game to see where the connections or the differences may be. And so uh, it's unique in that regard because I've not seen a book with that format. But the, the reason I did that was we can talk about why these players are so great or these teams are so uh, efficient or these systems are so you know wonderful. And then we can look at our own or our own experiences. Um, and I wanted to see where is the overlap or where's the interesting um, part to extract something from that people could, you know, think about themselves in a critical sense. So it, it became something that I was approached to do. I didn't have this idea to write a book. Um, but the more I dove into it, I realized what kind of work writing a book can be. Uh, it's different than an article. It's different than anything else I've ever done. But it's very satisfying to finish it. And um and truth be told, it took so long because I would write it, then have to rewrite some stuff. And then, um, you know, with professional editing and stuff, some of the ideas you have just get redlined. <laughs> You're like, wow, I really thought about that. I thought that was great. And someone who's much more knowledgeable about that process, like, nope, that's not going to fit the format. But then, you know, I had children and I, you know, career changes and life took, took place too. So that was also um, a unique thing is uh I'm not a full-time author. So life was going by as I was trying to write this book. And so it just took some time, but I'm glad it's finished and I'm glad that it's resonated with uh, so many people. Yeah. I, I can only imagine how difficult writing a book would be. I, I can't imagine doing that myself. So uh, kudos to you on that. <laughs> um, one thing that I took away from this book and, and it just, there, there are so many different ways to look at this book and to, and to think about it and have, I think it changed my perspective a little bit on how I thought about a few things. Um, the great thing is that whether you're a player or whether you're a coach, I think that you could really benefit by reading the book. So why don't you kind of tell us just a little bit about some of the benefits. If I was a player, um, what benefits would I get from reading your book? Yeah, that's a, that's a great way to start. So um, the, the good thing about being a player reading this book is from the, just the mechanics of it, it's a short book. It's you know, 190 pages and it's actually written in, in a way where if you were to put it down for a month and pick it back up, you'd be able to like not lose the momentum of what I'm talking about. It's segmented in ways where it's almost, you could, you could flip through the, the chapters they are not chronological. They're just more, you know, thematic. Um, so from a player perspective, I think it's, I, I selected topics that were applicable to what a player would be thinking about experiencing or struggling with um, on the field or in their journey. So whether it's, how do I own my own development? Does that mean I go my backyard and play for, you know, four hours a day and not, you know, have a social life? How do I 
find ways to improve without, um, you know, a coach present or where can I see the game developing in my own environment? That's not so obvious. So for me, it was, um, Hey, I, I was in graduate school and I saw these guys playing pickup, uh, soccer and I decided to go join them. And that was a great environment for me to continue to play. And I didn't even expect it or, um, you know, here's this connection from basketball or from elite swimming or running or even music. And I see connections to my own journey, what I'm struggling with, what I can maybe adapt from what they're doing, whether it's repetition, whether it's, uh, you know, variation of the approach, whether it's taking a break. I mean, I tell my players breaks make the race car go faster. And they always look at me kind of puzzled. It's like, well, what does that really mean to you? And what it really means to me and these players is in order to navigate the complexities of a sporting journey or an upbringing, you have to have the brakes. You have to navigate and slow down a little bit before you can reaccelerate. Momentum is a great thing, but if it's used incorrectly, you're going to crash. And so I always, I always tell players two, two analogies. One is that, you know, brakes make the race car go faster. And the other one I, I didn't put in the book and I kind of wish I had in, in hindsight is the, um, the, the, the two lumberjack story, which is, you know, there's two lumberjacks and uh, A and B we'll call them. And Lumberjack A is like every player, just works his socks off and, and, and chops wood from sunup to sundown, doesn't take breaks, his hands are blistered, he's just sweating and grinding away, where Lumberjack B disappears for two or three hours a day. Um, at the end of each day, Lumberjack B's got way more wood, it's way more precisely cut, it's uh, stacked nicer, and after about a month of this, Lumberjack A says, hey man, I gotta ask you, you disappear, you, you leave for several hours a day, and you're not working nearly as hard as me. Why is it that you have more wood than me? Why is it you are more efficient? And he's like, oh, I go home and I sharpen my axe. And so Lumberjack A looks at him and says, oh, I'm missing the whole point is I'm, I'm working in the wrong manner. I'm not being efficient. I'm not taking those breaks. I'm not looking at my process. And it, it stems from, a, I think, an Abe Lincoln quote, which is, you give me six hours to chop down a tree, I'm going to spend four hours sharpening my axe. So I use the term sharpen your blade, which is, you know, look at what you're doing, make that efficient fine tune it and and then reapproach what you're actually working at it's no good to you know continue to do the same things over and over again so as a player i present a whole host of different development methods um environments some takeaways and even some things they probably already know i try to reinforce it and force them to think about it a little bit more so that that was kind of the the purpose i wanted to speak to the player primarily with this book um because if you really look at how the book is laid out it can kind of be a a guidebook of, you know, hey, I, you know, I'm in this environment, I'm in an urban environment, where can I find the game? It's like, well, there's pickup games everywhere. You just kind of have to find it or create it yourself. So, um, or I'm in the suburbs and no one's playing. What do I do then? It's like, well, you have to seek it out. And again, it's, uh, it's something that I am lucky that I have so many experiences in the game, but I think a lot of players um, have these as well. They're just not aware of them. So that's what I was really looking for when I wrote this book from that perspective. And one thing that I get from it too, as well is, uh, and I've always preached this to my children is self-awareness, mm -hmm. being self-aware enough about the things around you and, and having that different perspective. Would you agree? Absolutely. I mean, uh, most of the book, I think I even write in the intro, um, here's what I am, here's who I am, and here's what I'm not. I'm not a pro player. I didn't get um, the accolades as a player. I didn't have this illustrious career. In fact, I probably have more in common with the player sitting on the bench right now or who is cut from the varsity team or who didn't get the college scholarship 
Um, then I do the player who's an All-American who's playing in um, a professional academy or, you know, earned a paycheck kicking the ball. That being said, I still made a great career for myself and I still enjoy the game today. And so I try to um, speak to the player that 99% that's not going to be paid to kick a ball. That's not going to make that uh, division one team. Now, granted, I was able to play division one soccer, but like I said, I probably have more in common with the have nots than the haves. And I think that's a really unique thing is that everyone can write a book about why like Lionel Messi is the best or Ronaldo or Zidane or Pele, but those books have been written. I wanted to write something for the, not the forgotten, but the every man, the every person. I think that's really where this comes down to. Here's my perspective. You probably have the same type of journey. You just, it looks different, but I I was trying to, to strike common ground with the narrative in the book. One thing I also too liked about it is um, your, your constant um, discussion about the difference between being good and being great Mm. and the commitment level and the different perspective, because not all of us can be great, Mm -hmm. but it's okay to be good. And it's okay to be satisfied with being good. Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, I think, you know, there's a, there's an idea that I have in my head right now for my next book, but one of the things that I, I realized in this journey, because it, it is a deep dive in my own life, is not everything has to be epic. Not everything has to be extraordinary, revolutionary. And I think we fall for these ideas. And sometimes when, you know, you feel like dramatic change happens in an instant, it really doesn't. Like you didn't arrive where you are overnight. Um, you, it, it's progressive um, or regressive, however you want to look at it. And so, the difference between uh, good, great, great to you know elite—I um, call it the entry fee. Uh, and so, when you get to good, everyone is enthusiastic and has basic skill. When you get to great, everyone has that plus a couple extra things. And then when you get to elite, it's all those things plus you know there's layers to this. And so, the the idea that um, a good player. Uh, thinks he needs to be exceptional at everything is actually kind of a detriment. He probably could be exceptional in one thing. And it's kind of like the jack of all trades, master of none. And I was that person. <laughs> I, I, I was good at a lot of things, not great at anything. But the way I, th- I thought about it was I still had a place on a team. I still had a place um, on the field and I still uh, had a role to play. And I think a lot of people think that if I'm not getting the the stats or I'm not getting the scholarships or I'm not getting the accolades or the recognition that I'm not, what's the point of doing it at all. And I tried to find um, the, the theme of the book is it's the ball, like find a relationship with the ball, find enjoyment in that thing, because ultimately the difference between good and great um, it's not as vast as people think it's more about circumstance. It's more about environment. It's more about timing. Um, you know, and, and most players, by the time they realize that they have this window, it's probably closed, which is not a bad thing. It's just the reality of high level competition or high level um, disciplines. My, my main point of, of that pointing out those differences is there are elite mentality traits that good players have. They just don't know how to access them. So for instance, there's a a little section of the book called dry swimming. Um, I think every player is guilty of this. Every coach is guilty of this. I'm guilty of this, which is um, you want to get better at something. So you, you know, you buy the books, you buy the the gear, you buy the new watch, you buy this thing. 
but you're not doing the thing. You're, you're, you're spending all your time thinking about the thing, but you're not actually executing it. So dry swimming being, you have to get in the water eventually. You can buy all the goggles, all the, the fins. You can you know, research all the, 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 the best ways to cut through that water. But until you get in that water, it's really not going to matter. And that's, that's why I'm trying to you know, encourage players, just go play. Just go get your, you know, if your coach isn't um, giving you the, the, the hours, you can, you can replace that with something better. You have that relationship with the ball. You don't have, you know, the answers aren't going to be obvious. And that's, that's the, that's the tricky thing about player development. It's an inexact science. And so they, they, they go from, you know, average to good, good, great. It's, it's, it's something that I think American soccer really struggles with because we have these labels, like we are an elite premier Academy program. It's like, well, what does that mean to a young player? I mean, if they're not getting elite results or when it comes time to get that scholarship, they're being overlooked, but their whole life they've been on teams that have been labeled elite, select, whatever. Um, you know, it's a semantics game, but it's it can be very challenging for people to, to hinge themselves on labels. And so I tried to explore, you know, here's the difference between these things. When you get to the elite level, everyone works hard everyone's good technically, everyone's fast, everyone's strong. So that's kind of one of those things where I was trying to make that difference um, and, and encourage people to say, look, look, where I am, that's where I'm at. And I can always improve, um, but I should be satisfied with who I am because that's most important at the end of the day is who you are as a human being, um, it, it, I think is more important than any, my starting 11 or not. That's just my opinion. Say I'm a coach and uh, what, what benefits would I get from reading your book as a coach? Yeah, um, I think very similar to the player perspective. I spoke um, with a tone of, uh, as a coach, here's what I entered the game trying to do because I came out of competitive playing and I tried to, to be the player that I was coached as. And I realized the players that I was coaching aren't the same. The generation has shifted the, the, the method, the methodology or the, the methods have changed. The, the philosophies have changed. Um, and so it, I quickly learned that well, how I was raised is not how the current player pool was raised, which I think a lot of coaches probably take that lesson to heart and, 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 and change the practice. But I tried to present a, a different set or variety of training based methodologies or theories or approaches that any coach at any level, whether licensed, unlicensed, volunteer, professional could take and, and instill in their players or at least share with them. So it could be getting, um, you know, 500, 500 extra passes against the wall a day, or it could be, you know, instead of going to a track and running like laps, why don't you put a ball at your foot and run laps with that and you get really good at dribbling the ball and you'll use both feet and you'll get your touches in, but you'll get fitness too. Or, you know, um, one thing that, you know, I used to do would go to a parking lot and, you know, develop uh, little games where I'd play with my, you know, my dad or whatever. And I think coaches could share these things. I think a lot of coaches like, well, I have you from five to six every, you know, two days. And this is when we do our development. It's like, no, that's when you do your practice. Your development happens outside of that environment. So I tried to share that perspective with coaches because, they're capable of so much more. And I think coaches sell themselves a little bit short with what they actually can do with their players. So I presented unconventional, unorthodox ways to um, develop technically and increase your soccer IQ and increase your love for the game. It's just not going to be in a coaching course or it's not going to be in a coaching manual or it's not going to be on YouTube. It's going to be something that's out 
side of your front door or in your back garden or on the fields where no one's really looking. And that's where I'm trying to shed that little spotlight is like, it's there. You have to encourage your players to do it. The other thing about coaches too, is I think anytime a coach reads a book about development, that's not X's and O's and tactics, um, or uh, here's what IX Academy or Liverpool's Academy is doing, but it's more of a narrative of an experience. Um, I think that grows their mind and they can relate to it they can relate to it as well. And that would actually give them the license to share and, and make their own uh, adjustments with their own players. Excellent. We're speaking to uh, John Townsend, author of the book. It's just the ball. Uh, where can folks find and purchase your book? So if you're in the U S um, Amazon is probably the most common place. Barnes and Noble carries it online. Um, I know there's a resource called book depository, which is um, I think a, a wholesaler, uh, for online book distribution. Um, those are the places you can buy. You can go to the Benyon Kearney, um, I think it's .com. It's a UK-based publisher. If you're outside the U.S., they have um, Amazon and all these different countries that can uh, that can sell the book. I know that it's in Kindle as well. Um, I, I really think that it's been um, one of those weird things. Once you write the book, the work kind of really begins to tell people about it. And so I would say Amazon is probably the most common place, Barnes and Noble, if you're in the U S and um, most places can get it to you within a, uh, uh, you know, a day or two. So um, yeah, that's, that's what I've been telling people since it's been published. It's coming up to the year of publication. So uh, in about next week, it'd be one year since this book hit the, hit the world. So it's pretty exciting. Excellent. Uh, we found John on uh, on Twitter. Uh, can you tell folks where they can find you on social media and they can follow you as well? Absolutely. Um, Twitter is probably the, the best place. Um, I, I have two accounts. One is uh, my personal one, which I do most of my, um, my discussions on. It's John, uh, J-O-N underscore Townsend three. And that's at, at Twitter. And then the other one for the book, it's at It's Just a Ball. Um, that's more book centric promotion um, announcements and sharing of things, networking. And then I have a, a, a blog that I, um, I write on occasionally called farpostfooty.com. It's got a lot of uh, old writing, but it's got some new stuff. And I, I do take a lot of stuff from the book that people have discussed and I decide to expand upon it. Um, so farpostfooty.com and then Twitter is probably the most uh, common place to find me. Excellent. John, thank you so much for coming on the program today and talking about your book. I appreciate it, Marcus. And thank you for listening to the show. Remember, make sure you like, subscribe, and share our program, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the West Virginia Soccer Association Beyond the Pitch podcast. You can catch a brand new episode every Thursday morning here on the WVSA Digital Network or find us on our social media platforms at WVSoccer. Copyright 2022. All rights reserved.